Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Living a Nutritious Life. I'm your host, Carrie Glassman, and today we have a phenomenal show lined up for you with the incredible Dr. Patrick Porter. Dr. Porter is an award-winning author, educator, consultant, entrepreneur, and speaker. Dr. Porter has been on the cutting edge of brainwave entertainment technology for 32 years. His team was voted the best new health app at the 2019 Consumer Electronics Show, and his newest brain training platform, BrainTap, is distinctively designed to activate the brain's neuroplasticity. We talk a lot about that today. He is also an author, and you definitely want to go check out his whole bio in the show notes. But let's talk about today's episode. In today's episode, we dive deep into the world of brain health, exploring the profound connections between nutrition, stress, sleep, and our overall well-being. Dr. Porter shares his personal journey, beginning with his father's battle with alcoholism and his own discovery of meditation. We'll hear how this experience led him to develop innovative light and sound technology designed to enhance brain fitness. So keep listening because you're going to want to hear all about the power of positivity and the impact of thoughts on sleep quality and how to win your morning for a powerful day. So let's dive in and give our brains the love and attention they deserve. fabulous to be here with you today. I'm so excited to have this chat. You know, I live and breathe everything nutrition and wellness, but within that very large bucket of all things nutrition, health, and wellness, I have a personal obsession and interest with brain health. And it's something that I've studied extensively. It's something I talk about, I write about, I share with clients and my Nutritious Life Studio community regularly. And so knowing that I was going to speak with you today, I was very, very excited. I have lots of questions for you. Um, Let's dive in. But first, I just want to know, at the end of this podcast, are we all going to just feel or be able to, are we going to have the tools to feel a little calmer, a little less stressed, and a little more focused? Oh, yeah. We can definitely give them some tips. (laughs) I love the ancient traditions and how we've changed into modern technology, but people have been doing this for years. And what we have with our mind problems or the brain problems we have today is a new phenomenon. And so it's not something that was around 100 years ago. There's very few people that would have dementia or Alzheimer's. This was a very rare disorder but it's, uh, it has to do with lifestyle. So we'll give them some lifestyle hacks that they can do to start improving their brain today. Amazing. That's what I like. I like to give all of our listeners lots of tips, tricks, tools, actionable steps that they can take so they can feel better and live a more nutritious life. And again, when it comes to the brain, that's something I know that I think I read a stat somewhere actually that eight, it was like eight out of 10 people, I think, have an interest in improving their brain health. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think we, we're all going one way, unless you figure out how to reverse the aging process, like Mork from Mork. You know, you, we've got to do something to keep our brains about us. And we're the first generation that refuses to get old. So, you yeah. know, we want to have our cognition and we want to be able to think, respond, exercise, do the things we did in our 30s when we're 60s, 70s and 80s and beyond. Right. Exactly. Right. We, we know we can live longer, but we don't want to just live longer. We want to live longer, better. It's not just about the years. It's about 
actually living really optimally when you do hit 85, 90, 95, 100, 110, yes. right? Which is we know is very possible for many, many people, but we want to feel great. And, you know, something I talk a lot about with people when we talk about brain health is that, you know, our brains control everything we do, right? Every step we take, every emotion we feel. And so protecting our brain health is something that is so important for every single individual. And again, I just mentioned that stat eight out of 10 people, I, it should probably be 10 out of 10 people, right? I mean, maybe some people just don't think about it, but it is something, I mean, if we don't, we have to have, we have to have that good brain health. So we can, again, we can do everything we do, our, our emotions, our actions, everything depends on our brain. Um, it's really affects, you know, our ability, right. To think clearly, to maintain emotional balance and engage in all kinds of everyday activities. So I've always been really interested in maximizing our brain, our brain's health and resilience. So we can do exactly what, you know, what we were just talking about. So we can not just live longer, but we can live longer, better, and we can enjoy all of those long-term, significant long-term benefits from improving our cognitive function, our emotional well-being, and our overall quality of life. So how you being this brain health expert, why don't you actually, I was about, I'm going to ask you how, you know, how do we keep our brains young or how do we keep our brains as healthy as possible? And I know that's a big, 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 wide open question for you, but I want to know like, what's the, what's the most important thing? What's the thing that you, if someone said to you, what's one thing I can do? What's that first thing you tell everyone? But before you even answer that, actually, why don't you just give us, you know, I gave everyone a little bit of a background in the intro, but I want you to tell everyone a little bit about your personal journey. How did you get to be this person in the brain health space? <laughs> this guru, I should say. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was very fortunate. My dad was a chronic alcoholic. So that meant that uh, my mother being, you know, most women are the caregivers of the family and go out and find things. And it goes in line with my number one law of brain fitness, which is nutrition. You cannot think a bad diet. So you, no matter what else you do, if you're eating garbage, it's not going to matter. So you've got to eat the foods that our brain wants because it's getting 25% of everything you put into it. So my mother actually went to a iridologist back in the seventies. And uh, I was just asked this actually today by somebody to go, are all the porters geniuses? And I said, <laughs> I said, well, we all ate really well. We grew up in Battle Creek, Michigan, where the first health food store in the world was. And so, oh, wow. That's fascinating. So when, when my mother went and got help, no white sugar, no dyes, no flour. You know, we, when I graduated high school, I was I, in my thing. There were two things that they said. One was I was going to replace Yule Gibbons in the Grape Nuts commercials because I <laughs> ate different than everybody back in the 70s. You know, when everybody's eating junk food, I was eating nutrition. and. Wait, did you just say Grape Nuts? Did you say yes, Grape Nuts? Yes, oh, yeah. wait. So that's funny because so did, were, did your friends joke about that because that was yeah. like your daily breakfast I'm getting? Well, because I always packed my own lunch and I always ate healthy. So it's okay. Well, no, because I have, I have to tell you, I think it was for four years of college, I used to take grape nuts. <laughs> you mentioned grape nuts. I got to share my grape nuts story. Yes. Yeah, I used to take grape nuts every morning and I would sit with my friend who also was an early riser. We would have breakfast and I would take grape nuts and add the milk. I don't even know whatever kind of yeah. milk. And I would microwave the grape nuts. I love them soft. I know they're crunchy, but I would love them soft. And then I would add a packet of, or packet or probably two of um, sweet and low. 
I mean, so disgusting. The thought that I did that, like it, it, it makes me honestly want to vomit now thinking about it. But I thought that was really healthy. Hey, I'm not adding any sugar and I'm having this like healthy-ish cereal. So anyway, you mentioned grape nuts. I had to tell you that story. Yeah, there you go. Continue. So, go on. <laughs> that, that was the big thing because I was, I was held back in second grade. I was told I wasn't very smart. I wasn't very intelligent. I was an artist. And, and basically, I didn't care about school. I was a daydreamer. You know, and, but as soon as I got off of the junk food and got onto healthy foods, not that I didn't eat junk food because we would sneak it whenever we could. You know, we were kids. We'd right. go over to a friend's house. But most of our diet was all healthy. And we ate really well. And when I got old enough, then became an obsession with me, you know, the, of eating right. healthy because it was good for sports. During that time, my dad was being an alcoholic. The church came over and they said, hey, Michael, we want to teach you how to relax. So he went to mm-hmm. a Silva method process where it was called the ultra relaxation seminar. And okay. during that time, he stopped, he relaxed and he realized, hey, I'm drinking to relax. And so he learned how to meditate. He became one of the first Silva instructors. So I grew up doing the Silva method, uh, basically going to level manifesting. And I manifested everything you could think of. I mean, people think I'm lucky, but it's not luck. You plan these things and you work for them. And you, you know, when I invented the first light and sound machine back in the eighties was way ahead of its time. There was no CDs, no cell phones, first LEDs thing on the market. Nobody was doing red light therapy, any of that. And we did it because I went and I researched candles. When you when you sit with a candle, what happens is your mirror neurons match the frequency of that candle, 10 hertz. That mm. happens to be alpha. So we were doing a lot of research with alpha. And then when LEDs came out, we could manipulate the light frequency. So now we could train the brain to go to things like theta or delta, or even now we can get up to gamma. So and we did it with with sound as well. So we started doing this light and sound thing, but Silva used sound. So that's how I got into this okay. was really, the, they called it the Silva sound. This is so incredible though, that you grew up. I mean, you were definitely way ahead of your time. Your parents were way ahead of their times that again, you said your mom going to the health food store, the only one in the, you know, at the time you were lucky you grew up near there and your dad, what an interesting experience with being an alcoholic, but that it led him to meditation. I don't think you hear that every day and how interesting and impactful that that was on you and what a positive impact it had on you. I mean, that's really fascinating. And again, just the fact that now you grew up with health food and meditation, you know, again, really ahead of your time. That's, that's incredible. And it's interesting how it, how it all kind of came together from your parents' personal lives. Yeah. So to answer your other question, I I think there's three key components and a fourth one, if you really want to accelerate it. Number one, as I already said it, it's nutrition. You cannot think a bad diet and there's a lot about nutrition. So I love um, hearing that. So yeah, yeah, great. Number two is you've got to move and breathe. Most people don't realize that your muscles are actually chemical factories that create BDNF and all the other Mm -hmm. things. Somebody says we have a mental health crisis. We have a nutritious crisis because our food doesn't have any nutrition in it and people aren't moving. So the body is basically dying and that's what people are experiencing. So we need to get people eating right, moving, and then they need to do some kind of brain fitness. And we'll teach them some things today if you want that they can do without brain tap because there's things, obviously the brain tap's only been around since the eighties, not in this form. It's only been around as brain tap this form since 2013, but the uh, we need to we need to get up and move and breathe and do things. So you can do some things with breath work. You know, that's the way they used to do mm-hmm. it. Do things like with earthing. Uh, the, the body, 
the body is always mirroring its environment. And now we know that not only you've probably heard when somebody's pregnant or something, they go, "Why wow, you're glowing. You've got a luminescence and all this. Well, now we know that that's your actual mitochondria projecting light. Every person on earth is an eight, 10 nanometer light generator. So they're a healing machine, just like red light therapy. Every person does that. Wow. When you're around somebody who is a, uh, like an energy vampire. We all know people like that. They walk in the room and it gets a little darker. Or when they leave, you feel like somebody drained you of your energy. We call right. those people drainers because there are people like that. You know, they they basically feed off your energy. They, you know, when they call you, you might go, oh no, yeah. that's calling or Betty or whatever. But then there's also gainers. You know, these are the people that actually project more energy and you can actually <sighs> perceive it. And so we now know, like they did a study during COVID and this is important for the brain because the brain houses the mm -hmm. most mitochondria. So you can see it in the skin. If somebody thinks that if you, if you look at your skin, the greatest elimination organ we have, that's going to tell you how your brain is functioning because oh, wow. everything, everything repeats. It's, there's nothing that's separate. Like um, there's meridians in the body there, but, but every atom knows every other atom's information, just like every atom knows the information of the whole universe. We just don't know how to access it. So it's like having uh, one of those old AOL CDs that you get and you say, oh, you want to join? Here's the code. It was already on the CD, but we just didn't have it because we didn't have the code. The code for brain health is nutrition, movement, and you've got to do some kind of brain fitness. And brain yeah. fitness is key because research shows the sooner you do it, the longer your brain works, it's not, it's, it's one of those lose it. If you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah, absolutely. So if you, if you're the person that comes home every day at five o'clock, tired and burned out and you sit on the couch, take out your bag of potato chips and pass out, you are slow. You're just accelerating your, your demise and your brain needs stress. A lot of people yeah. don't understand that they go, I don't want stress. Well, if we didn't have stress, we wouldn't evolve. So right. we need, we need brain yeah. stress. So we can do that in the form of breath work. We can do that in the form of like yoga, Tai Chi. Most people don't realize that yoga was designed to get the brain ready for meditation. I do a lot with India because of course they do a lot of research on the brain right. in meditation. And our, the group that I worked with in Ames Bhopal, which is like MIT of India, we were voted the researchers of the year because we showed how breath work can do the same thing as brain tap. The only difference is you've got to do the breath work 45 minutes, three times a day with brain tap, you can do a 10 to 20 minute session. You get the same result. So it, the, the thing is that you can do it, but you've got to do it. You know what I mean? A, right. lot people, a lot of people don't want to do the work. So that's why when I invented the brain tap, and I still remember Dr. Varun at, at Bhopal when he first, when I first went there and I gave the talk and he says, I'm on a panel and he goes, well, Dr. Porter, you're cheating. And I said, what do you mean I'm cheating? And he goes, well, they just had to put this helmet on because we took a person out of the audience that had never meditated. And we, okay. took a, we took a guru that was there. We measured his brain. We did a brain map. And I said, I can get that brain. I can get her brain to just look just like that within 10 minutes. They go, no way. So I put the brain tap on him. Now, they didn't go to the same spiritual place or anything like that. But they had the same brain profile. They go, how'd you do that? I said, the brain learns independent of your conscious thought. You are 95% right. of the time you're unconscious. So 5%, most people are working in that 5%. And that's why they never get the health that they want, because they think they can consciously do it through willpower. Willpower literally has nothing to do with change or transformation. I mean, it, it can keep you on track. But right. most people, it can keep your behaviors on track. Yeah. 
but the the body is doing all these things independent. So I said, Correct. I said, right. Darun, if I'm cheating, I said, have you ever meditated to a candle? He said, oh yeah, all the time. I said, well, you're cheating. He goes, what do you mean? I said, that's the technology of right. the time because a candle, the mirror neurons in our brain will match the 10 cycle rhythm of the fire. Just like if you were in a romantic getaway and you started a fire and you start to get a little frisky, that's because 10 Hertz frequency creates acetylcholine which is the feel good, right. fall in love hormone. So you're yep. basically, that's the environment. People say, what's the ambiance? Well, it's creating a chemical reaction in the body. So you're basically creating this neurological soup that is conducive to romantic interludes, right? And then a little Jimmy's born nine months later or whatever. So the, <laughs> we have, we have, and I said, he goes, okay. And I said, do you ever wonder why the gurus go to the Himalayas to meditate? And he says, yeah, it's beautiful. I said, no, they're cheating. He goes, what do you mean? I said, the Himalayas resonate at 7.8 hertz frequency. That hmm. means they're sitting in a theta chamber. Right. Literally, right. their body's vibrating at theta. Now, what theta does, for those people who don't realize it, it, it produces something called GABA. GABA is a precursor to DMT. So if you want to have a spiritual experience, get more theta in your life, and you'll have more GABA, which will produce the molecule DMT, and you'll have these spiritual excitements, these experiences that you want. Okay, so we've got a lot to unpack here. There was just a, a that is a lot, and I love it. And I'm, I'm I'm hanging on every word here. I want to go back and dive into a, a few of the things that you touched on. So one thing you mentioned, fitness. I think so many people, you know, think of fitness for either weight loss or maybe they think of it for their heart health, but they generally don't think of it for brain health. And that's something that I totally agree with you. And I'm on that same page. And I always mention to people that when you're exercising, you're exercising not just for your body, you're exercising for your brain. And I talk a lot about cognitive flexibility, um, the ability to move between tasks. And I know you know that, but just for our listeners out there, that's what that means. And I know that, um, uh, I mean, again, they talk a lot about also, um, many people think of that as you know, why they tell kids to exercise, you know, before school or why when they go to gym class, they're able to do better on tests. That's because of that executive functioning. But it's really it's that cognitive flexibility. Right. Um, I'm sure you'd agree with that. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, but the other thing I, I, I like to remind people of that is that we also know you mentioned diet and we're going to dive in. We'll dive into diet a little bit more. And obviously I talk a lot about diet for brain health, but I do want to know some of your favorite brain health foods. We'll, we'll get to that in a moment. But um, one of my favorite brain health foods is also is fiber um, for that. I was just thinking that so we're on the same wavelength. That's oh, I love that. We are. We're on that same wavelength. We've got that light going. We're <laughs> anyway, but but I always say, again, fiber, people don't always necessarily think of as brain health either. And I say it's one of my favorite brain health um, nutrients because fiber, we know, feeds the good pro the good bacteria in your gut. And, that, and we know that there's that gut-brain connection. But the interesting thing there is that a high fiber diet is good for your brain. We know that. And exercise is good for the brain. We know that. But I know that there was a study that found that older adults who engaged in regular exercise and had that high fiber diet, that was um, that much more powerful for improving their overall brain health. So I just like to remind people of, the, of those things because it's really connecting all of these dots. 
um, everything you said was so, so fascinating to me because again, it does, it connects the dots. Like I always talk about in the name of the podcast, you know, is living a nutritious life. It's how all of these things from exercise, you know, I, I say sweat often to eat empowered, which is the nutrition pillar. They all work together for whether it's our brain health or our heart health, but all of these pillars work together for, you know, for, for us to live optimally. And so I just think that when you mentioned the exercise and you mentioned diet, I think that that fiber and exercise example is just a really good example of how, again, these different pillars uh, work together in a really powerful way. If you don't exercise, you don't have synaptic plasticity, which is what we need in today's world. Right. You'll well, get what's called neuropruning. So right. you understand when you were born, you were fully connected. That's why you could learn a language in, in short order without books, without teachers. You know, you absorb the language and there's a certain brain circuit for that. But as we age, it gets disconnected because the brain's always looking, how can I downregulate my energy usage? And so that's why we have to keep it just like muscles. If we keep the muscles active and they can burn sugar, then when we have that stress response, because most people don't realize the worst thing that happens to the brain is stress because right. the liver dumps 25 grams of sugar into the bloodstream. And then, uh, then you have that negative cycle and they go, I don't need any sugar. I can't believe I'm overweight. No, it's what's eating you that's causing the weight because your body produces enough sugar. We just don't want it. We don't need it, but it's a protective mechanism we have. So we need to we need to keep that brain function and cognitive health by keeping our stress levels down. It's okay to have a little stress, but we should burn that off through exercise or something like that. Yeah, and that was something else you mentioned. You said that stress can be good for you, and I think that that's something also that people don't realize. You know, they think you know some people, are, are, and I'm sure many of our many of our listeners out there know that cortisol is a stress hormone, and they always think, "I got to lower my cortisol, got to lower my cortisol." Many people do need to lower it, but what I usually say is, "No, you need to balance it. You need a proper cortisol curve because you actually want a certain amount of cortisol. Like you just said, a certain amount of stress is good for us, and even that stress hormone cortisol is good for us in the sense that a certain amount Mount at the right times provides us with energy. It actually is anti-inflammatory. So it's having that right amount and also at the right times of day is actually really powerful for us. So I was really glad that was another thing that you mentioned that I wanted to touch on because um, I really agree with you there. And I think that people are always surprised to hear that, that some stress is actually good for us. And it's also, we know a protective mechanism, right? If Sometimes we, we feel that stress and we react. Yeah. If we produce the stress, it's better than an outside force. So right. you know, the, the old saying that an egg broken from inside gives life, an egg broken from the outside kills the chick. You know, so when we when we think about the mornings, mm. most people have dysregulated their cortical response because they get up and they have coffee right away. Right. That's the worst thing you can do for your brain. You want to get your own, you, that's why we have SMR training or sensory motor rhythm training in the morning. We call it digital coffee. Because if you can get your own neuropronephrine, your own cortisol, your own dop dopamine going, now your brain regulates. But if you, I don't think you should drink coffee before 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, if so, you want to have it. And then, yeah, you know. I'm a big fan of that waiting the 90 minutes. And I, and I tried that out as an experiment once. And, you know, I'd done, I'd read a lot on that and I had, you know, and, and I'd looked again, because looking at that whole cortisol, cortisol curve and letting your natural cortisol increase on its own. So waiting the, you know, waiting at least the 90 minutes. And I have to say, um, I, I personally just noticed a massive difference in my energy in the afternoon and then also waking up in the middle of the night. Yeah. Well, most people don't know at two o'clock in the morning, your temperature increases two degrees. Mm -hmm. So if you have a dysregulated brain, if it goes to three degrees, you're sweating. 
You're throwing right. the covers off. So they think it's something to do. It could be with hormones, obviously, if right. you're that age. But the reality is that- I you don't know anything about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so what we find is like, because we have a couple programs for mind over menopause. Mm-hmm. It's about getting your brain balanced because in the afternoon too, by the way, your temperature decreases two degrees. That's why people get hungry and they go get coffee, tea, or chocolate in the middle of the afternoon. So, but if we can do a brain tap session or do some breath work or do some kind of walking, something that's going to get the BDNF going that so the brain can basically do its own regulation. Now the brain goes, oh, okay. But if we, as soon as we start offloading it, it's kind of like Pavlov's dogs. The, the brain starts saying, I don't have to do anything anymore. I'm just going to drive them to the coffee shop or I'm going to go get some chocolate. I'm going to go do this. And a little bit's okay. But some people, what they'll find is it takes more and more and more because the brain will just keep offloading its work. But it's like a, it's like a good muscle, although it's not a muscle. Obviously, it's neurological. Right. But the, it's kind of like a muscle. The more you use that muscle, the better it works. It's not the other way around. The less you use your brain, it unplugs. Right. It's, it's, you know, we want to we want to use that brain, stress it out daily, but also have recovery. It's so important. Most people miss the fact of recovery, whether it's Tai Chi or yoga. They get up. They don't do the meditation afterwards. Those right. practices were designed to get you ready for meditation, not for physical fitness. You know, that's mm-hmm. just a byproduct of it. OK, I'm guilty of that. I do my hot vinyasa class and then I run out of there to go, you know, hydrate and take a shower and get on to work. <laughs> so I am guilty of that. I don't do my meditation. I don't do my meditation after, after my yoga class. Like the, the reason we work with Tom Brady's group, the TBRX group uh-huh. recovery is their whole focus is on why did Tom Brady be able to play at such a high level for so long? He didn't focus on building his muscles. He focused on recovery. Right, which is fascinating. Yeah, yeah I've but read when that you before. About, most people are so focused, they burn themselves out. Right, right. And, and, I, and I think especially right now, and especially even just, you know, I mean, in, in our world right now in this time, but really specifically, I think post-COVID, they burn themselves out because again, this whole work from home thing, I think there's no separation, there's less downtime. It's sort of just people are just kind of going, going, going. Um, so I think that that whole burnout thing has gotten even worse. Two more things that you had mentioned earlier on that I want to go back to. Um, one is theta. And then the next one, because they might, you might tie them together, is brain tap. You've been talking about brain tap. And I did mention in the intro that you created brain tap, but I want people to understand exactly what it is. So can you give people what, you know, the story on brain tap and then also um, connect the dots maybe with theta? Sure. And when I invented the technology, we didn't really have a really good way to measure the brain back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we could do it kind of, but we did it mostly with hand temperature, respiration. We didn't do it with now we can measure the brain actually to know what it is. We knew that if you were at a resting relaxation state, you're probably an alpha. So but what we didn't know was how to get somebody to theta. And the importance okay. of that is. So theta. what does that actually mean for someone that has no idea what you're talking about? Alpha, theta, beta, gamma, like what does this all mean? Tell us what tell us what that actually means. All right. So there's I'm going to tell you there's six primary brain waves we'll talk about. So okay. and they should all be operating at all times. It's just the levels that they're at. Okay? So it's not okay. like you're just in this state or just in that state. So we have this state called beta that we're talking right now. We should be primarily if we were a perfectly balanced brain based on the work of Ann Wise who was one of our researchers. She's passed away now, but she wrote a book called The, the Perfect The Master Brainwave. And 45% of your brainwave should be in beta when you're awake. So think okay. of this as your reactionary mind. 
it's we need to react. So if a ball comes at you or you're going to drive right. in the car, you need to be able to react. So if you, but if you drop down just a little bit between alpha and beta, there's one called SMR. This is called sensory motor rhythm. This is the one as we age. You know, I like to tell people as you get better looking and more intelligent with age, you lose this brain wave because mm-hmm. stress. Stress will mm-hmm. This is the one that goes and gets all your memories. Mm-hmm. So all the memories are there. Everybody has a perfect memory. It's the recall system. And it has mm-hmm. to do with blood flow circulation. That's why nutrition is so important and keeping those things up because you have to make those neurotransmitters. And they're mm-hmm. made in the gut. They're not made right. in the brain. You know, a lot of people have that misconception. So we got to keep our gut healthy. Also, right. our gut has more neurotransmitters than our brain does. I mean, more neural connections, I should say, more gray matter in our gut than there is between our ears. So we have this, we have these two brains, and then we have this third brain in our heart. We have 40,000 neutrino cells. So that's why they can measure what's called heart rate variability. We can measure that yeah. because there's a little brain in the heart that communicates. It actually is the one running the show. So think of it as the orchestra leader. Mm-hmm. So when you start to lose SMR, the sensory motor rhythm, you lose your balance, your distributor system. That's why exercise is so important. And sitting too long, they've actually shown that if you sit for two hours straight, you lose 10% of the oxygen to your brain. So when they say sitting is the new smoking, it's actually worse because Smokers have to go outside and walk around and smoke now. So at least they're walking, they're getting up. Below SMR, there's one called alpha. Alpha is responsible for retrieving memories. And it's also responsible for emotional intelligence. So when you think about the creative people you might know, the the ones that when you have a problem, they solve them. If you have Mm -hmm. a good balance, there should be about 30% of your brain should be in alpha, 45% in beta when you're awake. So think of these two as that's the relationship. You don't want to be too much alpha because then you'll be attention deficit because okay. you, you get kind of spacey, right? But if you can balance those out, the 45, 30. Now, theta, what we're finding is that 90% or more of all adults have almost no theta. Hmm. The theta is what's important to go to sleep because theta is a very small bandwidth in cycles per second, if you think about it, the brain operates, for instance, if you and I were on your spaceship coming back to Earth, and we looked at the Earth and we measured its frequency, it would be between 0.5 and 100. Every place on Earth has a frequency. And if you're, just to put it in perspective for the listeners, when they showed that tsunami coming in uh, years ago when it came in and hit Thailand, there were no animals there because animals are in tune with the planet. And that tsunami was generating a wave of over 45 to 50 hertz frequency. The animals ran. I have a question that do you think if that was 100 years ago, people would have been more in tune like animals and they would have 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 known to leave too? I want to take a moment to tell you about our podcast sponsor, which I'm a super fan of. In today's fast-paced go-go-go world, it's so easy to get overwhelmed and lose focus, especially when you're trying to accomplish critical tasks that require a sharp mind. If you're looking for a way to support your brain health and stay on top of your game, if you know me at all, you know I'm always looking to do that. Well then, you want to know about Cognizant Citicoline. This nutrient helps support brain function and it plays a vital role in nourishing and protecting brain cells. Cognizant Citicoline can help support focus, memory, and attention, promote cognitive performance, and support overall brain health. 
It's also known for its ability to support brain energy and is backed by numerous studies that show its effectiveness. Whether you're a student, a busy professional, a multitasking parent, or anyone looking to optimize mental clarity and sharpness, adding Cognizant Citicoline to your daily routine can help you achieve those goals and support your brain for the future. It can be found in many different products, including chewables, gummies, beverages, and even cold brew coffee. Visit Cognizant.com for exactly where to find this ingredient, and don't forget to look for Cognizant on the label. Do you think that this has just happened because of the way society is now and the way that we live our lives and our lifestyle that we're that we're so out of tune right now? Yeah, we're not in tune with the planet at all. We wear rubber-soled shoes. We stay inside. Right. We're not in tune. Most people think the sun is pulse is just a stream of light. It's pulsing information. Mm-hmm. To give me an example, if you don't get to bed before ten o'clock at night, you don't make as much melatonin because you make twice as much melatonin between ten and twelve than you do after twelve. If you don't go to sleep before 11 o'clock, you don't clean your liver because your liver gets clean between 11 and 12. So these are all, we're tuned to the light of the sun. The sun is pulsing information to right, ourselves right. and telling us what to do. That's why we get those, we get that temperature difference at two and two, because that's when our body's recycling with the sun. It's they, Some people call it circadian rhythm, right? We right. have this rhythm, but it's tied into more things than just the sleep patterns. A lot of people right. think, oh, it's about sleep patterns. Now, sleep is another thing we'll talk about. But the when you think about the brain waves, it's hard to go to sleep when you don't have theta because our, our brain doesn't work digitally. Digitally means if I was in beta and I'm having a stress response, and then I go, it's time for sleep. Okay, close my eyes, boom, I'm in delta. That's delta is the sleep state where you're unconscious. And we need that for really parasympathetic activation, healing, and, and really long-term storage of memories. But if we don't have theta, we can't make the jump. It's like- So how do we get more theta? How do we get into theta? Brain tap. I don't know anything that does it like brain tap. That's why all of our sleep studies, we've blown people's minds. Like we did a study with a group in Australia. They were coal miners. These were people that never saw the light of day. They'd go to work in the dark. They'd work in the dark. They'd leave in the mm-hmm. dark. And so- they, somebody said, oh, they were saying something about our light. And we have such low-level blue light and your eyes are closed. And there's been a lot of bad news about blue light out there. But mm-hmm. if we didn't have blue light, we'd have so much disorder in this in this world. Blue mm-hmm. light creates most of the feel-good hormones that we need. We so, need some more blue light right now. Yeah, We've got yeah. a lot of disorder. We need, we need more blue light. You see people running around wearing the glasses all day long that yeah. block blue light they're going to have a mental disorder because hmm. we need blue light. Now you don't need as much at night. You don't need garbage light. Right, you know right. I mean? But we do need the blue light. We live in a blue light planet. You know, right. so the best thing to do, you know, if you're blue eyed, you might have to shield your light a little bit more, but brown eyed people like you and I, we need to bring in more light because we're designed to you know, live near the equator where the blue eyed people are designed to live where there's not much light. Hmm. So they bring in more light. Because the eyes are not just windows to the soul, as they say, it's brain matter. And it's how right. we bring in, there's more mitochondria in the eyes. You've probably had the experience where you're sitting there and you go, somebody's looking at me. And then you turn around and they are. That's because right. they now know that our yeah, eyes can actually project light and we yeah. feel it. Just like you, the little I was gonna say, You feel it. You can feel it. Yeah. Because we have a field. National Institute of Health actually said we have a biofield now. You know, when I go to India, they talk about our aura and energy fields. They do yeah. yoga therapy. Doctors do. And, you know, now America's finally catching up because we're the sickest country in the world because we don't we, we buy the most prescription right. drugs. But we don't we're not the healthiest because 
Nobody's got a prescription drug disorder. They have a, they, we have a health disorder, a nutrition disorder. We don't have the nutrients. Our body is designed to heal and our brain's designed to heal, but people want an easy fix and it's not easy. It's, it's a lifestyle that they need. Right. right? And well, they, right. We, everybody wants the quick fix thing. and, and it is, it is, it, it takes consistency and it takes, it takes a lot of big behavior changes. And then it's the consistency with those behavior changes. And a lot of times, you know, I think people feel frustrated because the way their lifestyle set up their work schedule, their commute, their access to certain foods, like, you know, they feel like they're, they're set up to fail is what I think many people feel. And, and, and I, and I feel frustrated for those people because I think there are many people that do want to make many of these changes, but the way, again, their lifestyle is set up, it's so difficult to do that. That's why I, I, I always try to give people easy solutions that they can incorporate into their daily life to that they can then do consistently without having to overthink it, without having to plan and prepare too much. It can just be Become part of the normal lifestyle so that they can at least up level their health to a certain extent without feeling like they're they have to be uber focused on it for one week and then you know then it all kind of falls to the wayside right yeah i think people don't they think that the government or somebody's going to tell you why but there's so many special interest groups that are manipulating what's what's real i mean when you can take ketchup and make it a vegetable in the schools we got a right. problem I mean, you know, that's, I mean that, that's a whole that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. So what happens when you have a lot of inflammation is you yeah. we measure the brain. It has a lot of delta because the body is trying to go to sleep. So the listeners out there, if you if you're the type of person who feels like you're pulling a parachute all day long and when you get home, you're like passed out because you used to use it all. That's because you've never got out of the sleep cycle. Your, your brain never finished its cycle. You're still in Delta because the body's saying, look, you've got a lot of inflammation. We know how to take care of this. It doesn't know that we're in the 21st century and we have TVs and all this stuff. It just knows the body is the same as it was 200,000 years ago. It says, we know the fix. Go to sleep. Right. We'll right. fix you. Eat, you know, don't eat as much. Maybe do some intermittent fasting, <laughs> you know, right. and we're going to fix your brain. And, you know, and then, uh, but the, the last brainwave just so we can kind of finish that out is gamma. And yeah. they used to think gamma was just a psychotic brainwave, but then they started researching with these Buddhist monks, like in Wisconsin, and they, they could meditate and they'd be melting snow around them. And I still remember going up to MIT and showing them what we were doing because they have a $10 million room where they were able to increase gamma by 4%. Wow. I can show you brain tap studies the average person gets 21% more gamma just listening to an alpha training because it's not about gamma. It's about training the brain to go across all of these different cycles. And it's like a circuit training. It would be like you saying, all you have to do is eat essential fats. That's impossible. That wouldn't do it. You got to have right. fat, fiber and protein, right? You got to have the right things, building blocks for the body. So you can't say it's one thing, but a so with the brain, we need to we need to have those times where we're stressing it out, doing physical exercise, getting right. our muscles to pump out that BDNF that we need to make us feel good. And then we need recovery. We need that rest time. So most people think, we all know people that started exercising or started a nutrition program. They became more positive because they were really negative. Right. Those are the first steps. And then- well, you right. Know. And that's, again, how everything really works together. Right. And, and it, it, it all goes together. I always say that all the pillars of nutritious life connect uh, physiologically and behaviorally. 
right? Like you just, you just said, you were just giving that example, like there, someone starts exercising um, or they start eating either way. They start exercising. They're feeling better. They start eating healthy. They're feeling better. They want to eat better. They want to then eat healthier. They want to then start exercising, but it's not just that behavior of, oh, I'm being healthier now. It, there, it, you actually feel, you feel better. Right. And, yeah. and there's, there's that, the physiological, uh, thing going on there. And there are, I mean, there's, there's hormones. We know there's those feel good hormones that are affecting all of that. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know, know how bad they feel. Right. I am so with you there. I am so with you there. That is something I talk about in the nutrition, in my, my nutrition community or the nutritious life studio. I talk about with my students all the time. And I say so often when, when they're working, cause my, my students work with, uh, work with their own clients, their nutrition coaches. And I always say so often those people you're working with, they don't even know, like they don't even know when they feel like how they're feeling. Like when we ask them questions in an intake and we ask about, you know, how they feel, whether it's stress or whatever, their people are so used to feeling bad that they don't realize like how bad they feel. They think it's normal to feel a little brain foggy all the time. They think it's normal to feel a little tired all the time. They really, they're not in touch with it. But when you're used to doing all of these things that make you feel good, then all of a sudden you have a little bit of a headache or you have a little bit of a brain brain fog. You're aware of it. And then you can actually do something to improve it. But you have to, you have to put yourself in a place that you can actually be aware of how you feel. And that takes work. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that when we went back to what is brain tap, I'll just kind of finish that. Yeah. So people know. So we use light and sound and vibration to do this. Now, why do we do that? Because every cell of your body has something called a chromoform. It's like a little wait, bag. but even t- take it back even a step further. I want people to know in case they don't in case they don't understand like what it is. You're actually putting on brain tap is this is this product that you created yes. that are it's you put on these headphones and then the headphones also have an attachment which has a um, it's like it's like glasses, but they're not, but you don't look through them. It's a, it's a, how do you describe it? Yeah, we, we have a visor that comes down. And a it visor. Has, that's better. Yeah. Eight, eight LEDs and they flicker. They call it frequency following response is the, is the science. And we have them for the eyes. Your eyes are closed. You can have them open, but it's, it's better experience with your eyes closed. So you can kind of go on a journey and it's going to activate that frontal lobe. So you can actually visualize people that have never visualized, start visualizing and seeing things and doing things. Cause what typically most people don't realize when you close your eyes to meditate and we've done study after study of this, and it shows 30 to 40% of the brain shuts down as soon as you close your eyes. So when people go, I can't meditate. Well, certainly because you've not trained yourself. That's what right. meditation was all about bringing energy to the body. So you can stay awake while you meditate it. And, and then the monkey mind takes over. So then we also said, well, how can we get more energy into the brain? So all the blood in your body goes through your ears every uh, three to four minutes, the rest of your body, about 45 seconds. But we put red and blue light in the ears to, to Im- mimic mm. um, sunrises and sunsets. Because the light of the sunset in sunrise will actually reset your gut biome. There's been study after study showing that. So I said, how can we mimic that so we can hack that? Because not everybody's going to get up at sunrise and sunset and look at the sun. But then what we do is that's pulsing at every two minutes. It changes to another Noje frequency, which Dr. Nogier was an iridologist. And he there's junctions in the ear where all of the different body parts go to. So those meridians, we can actually, I invented a piece of technology also called the NeuroCheck, where we can measure somebody in five minutes and tell you nine different parameters of your nervous system. We can show you pre and post what happens. When we added the ear lights, it was like adding 
fuel because it's ATP. That's what light does. It goes into the body, creates vasodilation, blood flow, circulation, nitric oxide release, and creates neurogenesis. And that's what we want for the brain. So we want to bring that energy into the brain. And while that's happening, now we're introducing sound and vibration at different frequencies, and the body has to match it. This is what the body does all day long. Right. And we now know back when in 2003, when they said, hey, we mapped the human genome. And I know with nutrition, they're doing a lot of that. Like, what food should you eat? What food should you eat? The reality is that they only mapped 1% of the human genome. And they said the rest was 99% was junk. Now we know it's not junk because in 2018, they did a study and they found out that that 99% changes every 40 seconds based on something called biophotaic exchange, which means your mitochondria are acting like our sun. They're pulsing energy and information to the rest of the body, and it works through the, the fiber system of the body. So faster than the nervous system, your body's changing. Every DNA strand changes every 40 seconds based yeah. on what's going on around you. So your food is really important because that food is bringing in biology data. Right. You know, and if you think of it as in, if we were all like Spock, obviously we just eat really good gruel or something that had all the nutrients. <laughs> But because we're emotional beings, we a lot of people just eat out of taste, you know, and, and they think, oh, it tastes good. It must be good. You know, and, you know, we used to only get fruit right when it was fruit was in season. So we never really overate the sugar. Now we can get there was a book written bananas in Montana in, in December or something like that was the name of the book, because back when they started shipping bananas across the world and right. they never got them before. And, and now you're going, well. That never happened. When I grew up, when I was growing up, you, we used to have can sales where people would can their vegetables and fruit. And, you know, they because we didn't have all the canned goods like we have today. Right. And now you can get food whenever you want, any kind of food you want. You know, I we have raspberries in our refrigerator today. You know, it's like, wow, these. But we have to watch that because that's more sugar than our body is used to consuming. Just because it's fruit doesn't mean it's good for the brain. Right. So that's, where, that's where the fiber comes in. But if you eat the fruit in its whole stage, now it's got the fiber that goes with it that, you know, I'm not going to do your job. You know, you, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. This is good. My mind is being blown right now as we're talking about all of this. It's just, I mean, there, there's, there's so much, I mean, there's so much to learn here. And I think it's really empowering though, right? Because there's so many things that we can do to, improve our overall health, our brain health, uh, so we can feel better, so we can be more focused, so we can have better cognition, so we can prevent diseases of the brain. I mean, it's really powerful. It's, it's so I think it's inspiring, you know, even if you don't, you know, even if I'm sure there's some listeners out there that are saying to themselves, what is all this gamma, theta, alpha, I'm confused. <laughs> it's a lot. But the thing that I think is most important to understand is that there are things that we can do, starting with nutrition, going to fitness, and then brain tapping and brain, which, which obviously you can use your product, the brain tap, but it's about brain fitness. I'll give some other tips too. If you don't own the brain tap. One of right. the best ways you can do it. We have breath work on the app too. We have over 200 sessions with breath work with some of the breath leaders in the world because we encoded them because while you're doing that breath work, you should be doing some brain training too, but you get brain training anyway with breath work. Right. So if you don't have the brain tap, there's three times a day where you can do breath work. That's going to make a significant difference. And okay. the, 
We did pranayama breathing, but I don't want to do something that complicated right here. What you can do yeah, is give that- some, yeah, give some, give people something that they can do consistently every day that will help improve their brain health. Yeah. So in the morning, if you did three reps of what they call breath of fire, which is you, and you can look this up on YouTube if you don't know what it is, but I'll give it a quick demonstration. You just, you're, you hold in your gut, you're sitting up or laying down. And you just breathe out, just focus on the out breath of the nose as many times as you can until you kind of run out of air, because you'll start out, maybe you can only do it for 20 seconds or 30 seconds, then go back to normal breathing for a few, get back to your balance, do it again, you'll build up to doing it a minute or two, that is going to trigger neuropronephrine, cortisol release, Mm -hmm. dopamine release, it's basically what we needed to do, like when you think about getting excited, that's a morning breath, to really get things going. Mm -hmm. And then you can you can also alkalize that breath if you want. You can breathe in through the nose, breathe out through the mouth, like blowing out a candle. You do 30 reps, of, three reps of that, 30, 30 breaths, but three reps. And that's going to alkalize the blood. So you're going to clean your own bloodstream in the morning. That's what I do every morning when I'm in my sauna. The, um, that's my breath work. But I spend two and a half hours to three hours every morning because I have all the equipment. So that's, that's what I do. And then in the afternoon- But you don't have to spend two and a half and three hours, everyone. You can just do that breath work and, and move on and still reap and some you, benefits. <laughs> and you can do it when you're driving to work, even if you forget. Right. You get stopped at a stoplight. You get three minutes. I tell people, you get three minutes to do breath work because right. a red light lasts about three minutes. You know, take, take that time and say, how can I use- What's all the time you're using that you're just sitting there, maybe complaining or musing right. about things that are positive? Turn that into constructive time for brain fitness. I love that. I in love the, that. Use that time. Day, make that time work for you versus against you by getting into like a negative thought pattern. In the middle of the day, I like doing box breath because mm-hmm. like Navy SEALs use it when they're being deployed and they start to feel anxious and nervous. So during the mm-hmm. day, if you start to feel overwhelmed or anxious, just take a moment and start. You can even start with just a four breath. So you breathe into the count of four, you hold that to the count of four, you breathe out to the count of four, you hold it out to the yep. count of four and try to do work up. Maybe you start with two minutes of that work up to five minutes. That's going to clear your mind. It's going to reset your biological system. Your anxiety is going to be diminished. Your parasympathetic system is going to be engaged. You're going to feel incredible. And then the one that I always teach uh, every client when I was in I used to have a franchise company, so we had 108 locations. And I would teach, everyone was taught this because they they always want to know, how can I get to sleep faster and better? Most people have never exercised their nervous system. Mm-hmm. So there's a breath, it's called the 4-8 breath. And what yes. you do is you, and you connect that breath. So you breathe into the count of four, you're going to trigger your sympathetic system. This is your fight or flight. So you might feel a little anxiety at first. That's okay. Own it. Don't try to dismiss it because you need your, your brain to know, hey, this is a threat. This is my anxiety. Maybe some, but then breathe out slowly to the count of eight. Yeah. When you get, when the breath goes out, when you get good at it, you'll start, when you breathe out, just kind of do a body scan like you do in yoga or something like that, where you just, and what you'll start to feel is your body will unravel. During the day, your body holds a charge, like a capacitor, an electronic circuit. It holds mm-hmm. a capacitor to a preset point. Now, some people have a really good way of de- decompressing or getting rid of that stress. But unfortunately, some people, because they're married or they have a family, they go off on them because they know they're going to take them back because they, they build up this charge. But if you start to discharge, you start to learn how to discharge that stress yourself, what will happen is you've now shortened your first cycle of sleep. That first mm-hmm. cycle of most people take four hours to get through their first cycle. And we need seven or eight cycles to really get that deep delta that's going to detox our brain. 
if you mm-hmm. do that breathing technique and then you add in a little gratitude, maybe, you know, think about as you're breathing out, think about all the things you're grateful for, you know, whatever the meal you had, the people you were around, it doesn't even have to be that significant. Just the thoughts of gratitude, your brain will start to focus on gratitude and create more of that in your life because you're focused kind of right before bed. And this is something it's amazing. In, in, amazing. In my, in my book, Awaken the Genius, I talk about how all the great inventors, when you do the research, they all had a sleep protocol that, that they used to prob, problem solve. Mm-hmm. It was to hold on to a spoon until it dropped into a plate and then the solution would come to their mind or they put a yeah. piece of paper under their under their pillow and they'd wake up in the morning and write down the solution to a problem. They all had some kind of, we can trigger our brain. It's a 100 billion neural bit processor. It's only job is to improve our life, but it doesn't know that you're destroying your life or improving your life. It just knows these are the behaviors you did every day and they're going to make you better at those behaviors. So that's the chance when you're doing that sleep protocol, you can change your you can change your future by changing your present, by focusing on the most positive things during the day and forgiving anything that happened during the day that was negative. And then the brain will start to say, oh, they must want more of these positive experiences. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. It, it's incredible um, what you can do just by the power of thought. I mean, that's just putting those good thoughts into your into your mind, but putting them there at the time when they're when you're going to then go to sleep, mm-hmm. right? Your brain is marinating on all of that, which is really, like you just said, super powerful. Yeah, most people have fallen asleep in front of the TV. If you're watching a right. movie about the war or something, you find yourself dreaming about being in the war and you never, I've never even shot a gun and I've been in wars. You know, a hundred, a hundred percent. I get so mad. My, my boyfriend often will turn on things right before bed that are literally exactly like you just said, like crazy, like war movies or this or that. I'm like, I cannot have this in my subconscious when I'm going to sleep. I cannot see this right before I go to bed. Yeah, do some kind of comedy or something funny or read yeah. a book or yeah. do a, And do by a the way, turn off the TV altogether yes. before at least for at least 20 minutes before bed. But the other thing, as long as we're talking about sleep, one thing I, I do want to mention for people, um, you know, because sleep is so important for, for brain health. We know we need sleep so we can feel energetic the next, next day. We know we, we need it to think clearly and to be focused, but it is so super important for brain health as you just, you know, you just touched on a lot of it, but there's something called the glymphatic system, which some people may be aware of. Obviously you're aware of that, but for our listeners, it's sort of the considered the waste clearance system in the brain, and it plays a really crucial role in maintaining brain health. It functions by removing all the waste products and toxins from the brain. So it's similar to how our lymphatic system um, works during the rest of the day and why we need to move and why we need, you know, we need to, we need to move again, exercise. We need movement for our lymphatic system, but we need sleep for the glymphatic system because again, it's also, it's this, it's a system um, it's a network, I, I should say, of vessels and channels that allow the cerebrospinal fluid to flow through the brain tissue, flushing away metabolic waste and harmful substances. So it it does happen at other times during the day, but it really the majority, the large majority of this occurs at night. So that's just another thing. As long as you're talking about sleep and brain health, I wanted to just throw that in there that I, I always think of like in order for your for your brain to be kind of cleaned up you've really got to get that sleep in. Otherwise you're kind of just building up those toxins and you're not like, like you mentioned the inflammation. If you're feeling kind of like you're, you mentioned, you know, pulling that parachute all day long, your, your body really hasn't had time to clear out all of those toxins and it, and it needs more sleep. Right. Yeah. We tell people it's either thoughts, traumas, or toxins. 
they got your brain into the situation, Sam. So, you know, if people look at their life as a series of threats, their, their psychoimmunology is going to be bad. They're going to be sick all the time. No, I don't care what you eat. I've known people that eat really healthy, but because right. they're eating not to get sick, they get sick because the brain can't right. process negative. So we want to eat to be healthy. We want to eat because it, that's the way it is. And the, the toxin buildup, like the glial-lymphobic system, like you're talking about, they said that before 2015, they didn't know it existed. So it's, it's a right. very new, it's, it's a new wild. Yeah. yeah. So we know that people are saying, gosh, I got this brain fog and whatever. Well, it's not about how much time you're in bed. And this is what we proved with our sleep studies. If we can get people to sleep six and a half hours, well, they have the best scores on any sleep app. Right. Not, not eight hours, not 10 hours. In fact, the, the, the aura ring, they really screwed that up. Yeah. I'm watching TV and it says you're in deep Delta. I'm like, I'm watching TV. I'm not in Delta. You know, it's like, what? I don't know what they're doing. Interesting. Yeah. So I wear my aura ring. Are you saying my aura ring isn't giving me great info? Well, most people, if you read the re- reviews, I have one on right now. I still wear mine because I'm yeah. kind of addicted to seeing what I do. You I know, because I'm addicted to seeing the time, but I am addicted also to seeing the sleep stages because I do know, I I am aware of that even intuitively. And I think many people that do track their sleep intuitively, you know, if you've had a good night's sleep or if you feel, you feel like you, you, you're well rested, even if you maybe didn't sleep the exact amount of hours that you needed or that you thought you needed. Yeah. Like the miles yeah. cap or the aura ring, you can adjust that timing. Is what, uh, what I found is if you adjust it to the real time you were in bed, instead of something happened with their algorithm that now when you're just calm sitting, watching TV or driving in a car, even instead of sleeping and right. because I'm able to kind of relax my brain, but I don't, I know I'm not sleeping. I'm driving, you know, I hope right. I'm not sleeping. You know, <laughs> but it, it, and, but then when I go back and you can fix it, like say, oh, I went to bed at 10 o'clock, I got up at six o'clock, or I got up at four o'clock, whatever the time was. When you fix it, then it gives you the right reading. You know, right. it seems like the longer it says you were in bed, the worse the score. The, it's not better because it's going it, to, the algorithm they use. And that's why with our NeuroCheck, I actually get real data. The O ring is not real data. They take a mathematical equation of right. the heart rate variability. We went right, right to the people that own the heart rate variability patents, and we went to them. And everybody's trying to go around them, but the Russians have that patent. So, uh, and, but you have to have two pieces of information. With the O ring, I like it because it's easy. You just slip it on your finger. And right, exactly. Me too. And it does at least. And to me, I like even just tracking a, a certain amount, even if yeah. you don't dive deep into all of it, it does. There's some, there's just also some accountability there. I feel like you're wearing it. I got to work on my sleep and you get to look in the morning. How, how long did I sleep? What's my score? I like being graded. Yeah. <laughs> I like my grade I get every morning. I'm very type A. I want to get a good grade. You did do something that night that you might've been questionable. You can see if you had a good or negative, a positive or negative response or neutral to it. And right. food does affect it a lot. I mean, oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, if I, if I, I mean, I don't really, I barely drink anymore because it does, it gives me migraines, but it also really disrupts my sleep. Um, so for both of those reasons, I don't much, but when I do have a drink here or there, oh, I absolutely, my sleep is a disaster according to my aura ring at least. Yes, yes. But you also mentioned heart rate variability. And I just want to mention for people that don't know what that is. So HRV, heart rate variability, is that the fluctuation of the amount of time between your heartbeats and your heart's variability is going to reflect 
how adaptable your body can be. So you actually want your heart rate variability to be a higher score is better than a lower score. And a lower score actually um, is an indicator of, it can be of anxiety, it could be depression, it could be other health issues going on, a lot of stress. So you actually want to have a higher heart rate variability. Um, and anyway, I, it just, because again, it's more your ability to adapt. So that's something when people are really stressed or they have a lot of anxiety um, they're, or they've slept really terribly or all of the above, their heart rate variability is going to be lower. And so again, the, the goal is to reduce our stress, have a higher HRV. So I just wanted to, just in case, you know, anyone out there that doesn't yeah. know what we were talking about with HRV, I wanted to, um, I wanted to. That's why you want to bring your heart rate up and then rest. You got to have that recovery. You want to, that's why exercise is important. You know, the, we all know somebody that had a heart attack and they go, I can't believe Tom had a heart attack. He never got upset. Well, Tom should have got upset or at least done something to stress out his body every once in a while. Right. Like, right. Know, too calm. Too calm. Too calm isn't good either. You got to have, a, you got to have a pulse. You got to, yes. you got to have a pulse. You got to have a little fire in your belly. A little, a little, little ups and downs are good. I might have too many ups and downs, <laughs> but you got to have, you got to have yeah. a little bit, you got to have a little bit of fire. Right. Yeah, right. Um, so, all right. I, I want to wrap this up with a couple final questions. So uh, first of all, I love, you know, the tips that you've already given us today and you explain what brain tap was, and I'm going to link to brain tap uh, to Patrick's brain tap. Um, device. So you can all check it out. I'll put that in the show notes. If someone doesn't have access to the brain tap, doing those three forms of meditation, breath work that you mentioned is a really good first step to get your brain um, into a place where it will be more relaxed. You will decrease stress. You will be able to be more focused and you'll just be helping it also recover. And I would also just add to that for, you know, for many listeners out there, and I know that sometimes you know, asking someone to do something three times a day sometimes can even feel overwhelming. So those those three pieces of breath work I think are fascinating, and I think I'm going to try that. I usually do a meditation in the morning, but I don't do those three times. I don't do those specifically at those three times during the day. I think I'm going to try that. But if that feels like too much to someone, you know, to you, just start with one and do one really consistently, and then add another one on, and then add another one on, and then as Patrick also mentioned. Getting in your exercise is so critical, not just for your body, but for your but for your brain as well. And we also talked about sleep and we also talked about nutrition at the beginning. So I want to end with two more questions for you. We talked a little bit about fiber. We, we talked really briefly about omega-3s. Um, what are some of your absolute favorite brain foods? Well, as a supplement, niacin. Mm -hmm. any, any B vitamin, think of B vitamin as brain vitamins mm -hmm. and niacin start off slow. Um, I use this, I use a company it's called optimum health systems. It's a doctor's only brand that, that is already pre-measured and you can take a number of pills, but that will wake. And I do it in the morning to wake up the brain. Uh, but I think uh, one of the nutrients that most people don't get is water. They, mm -hmm. There's a book called your body's many cries for water. And a lot of people have brain dysfunction because they're drinking coffee or tea not, not herbal tea. Herbal tea can sometimes be used for water, but yeah. you want to drink a lot of water, um, especially when you start doing the breath work. You don't, you don't think about you. People think they're not doing anything, but there's a lot of neurological activity. You need to drink at least half your body's weight in ounces of water. So I believe getting up in the morning, one of my best biohacks is, and I do uh, like Celtic salt, something like mm -hmm. that. And um, 
I yeah, I was that. just going to ask you, do you put electrolytes in your, I and mean, do you put minerals in there, yeah. in your water? And, and I do minerals before bed. Mm-hmm. Um, a good friend of mine has something that's called get off your acid. <laughs> so it's in, uh, uh, he, he's got a good, it's a good tasting uh, mineral, but mm-hmm. you do it right before bed. So that while you're sleeping, your body can, most people don't get enough minerals because we right. don't get them in the foods anymore that we right. eat. Uh, those are good. But I think any, yeah, I take magnesium glycinate yeah, to go for sleep. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. But as far as foods go, I think fiber, any high fiber food, the green leafy foods, I do yeah. a lot of greens. Um, in the morning, I, I only do greens until one or two in the afternoon. Hmm. And then I eat my first meal. Um, because basically I, I was about 60 pounds fatter than I am now. So, you know, it's, it, and I found that greens, I don't get hungry and my mm. body needs them. And when I started doing the glucose monitor, you know, just to see what would yeah. happen, my blood sugar, like when you're working out, your blood sugar goes up because obviously you're stressing out. I'm not eating anything, but if I have greens while I'm doing that, it kind of levels it out. So there's mm. something about that. So I started doing greens I think greens are important. And, and then Think of your your fruits or vegetables, the darker, the purples and things yeah. like that. That's going to be good for the brain. Um, Love those anthocyanins in blueberries. Yes. Yes. My favorite. I actually, I add anthocyanin drops too to my water as well yeah. to, get a, I, to get an extra dose of anthocyanins. Yeah. If you're not getting enough, if you're not getting enough iron because you're having a problem with that, I, there's a kind of a hack that is worked for a lot of our people is just getting blackstrap molasses and doing a spoon scoop of that in the mm. morning. Uh, I have hemochrosis, so I don't have a problem with that. I have to go get blood because I have like Viking blood. Right. Or something. Too high, <laughs> too, too high iron. Yeah. yeah. Too much iron, but uh, uh, depending upon that, that goes, but I think for one thing about the brain, less is more. Mm-hmm. So think in terms of, I always tell people, go watch an old episode of I love Lucy and see what they're eating for lunch. You'll see they have a half a sandwich and a, a little glass, right. something. They're not drinking a big gulp and a, right. you know, a, a burger that could feed a family. Right. Well, that's know. it. Yeah. Another good point though, over, right. Just like overeating, right. Having too many calories is not good for your body. It's also not good for your brain. It's the same, you know, again, what's good for the body is good for the brain generally. And what's good for brain the brain is, is good for the body. And when you're eating, think 25% of what I'm eating is going to first go to the brain. Think of the mm-hmm. brain like royalty. It's going to get the first right. cut of everything. So no matter what else happens, the brain's going to get its nutrients. So it's going to rob, if you're not getting minerals, guess what happens? It's going to rob it from your bones. Right, right. And then you're going to have osteoporosis and they're going to put you on some weird medicine that's going to have you have brittle bones, you know, and all the, but you, you, we need, that's why the magnesium and things like that you're talking about. I mean, find out what nutrition works for you, but there's certain things. My son is funny because he's 40 now, but when he sees, when I was traveling with me, he goes, are you all right, dad? I go, <laughs> this is what I do every morning. You know, I have a lot of supplements because you know I yeah. I see how they work. Oh, but. oh, my kids think I'm crazy. They see all yeah. my supplements and this and that. And my daughter said, What powder are you putting in there now? And what pill are you now taking that? And what dropper is that? Yes. What what right. <laughs> she, she totally, makes fun of me. We're a chemical factory. So yeah. but we can't it's not gonna make something out of nothing. You're unless you're right. saying Germain and you can use alchemy, but if you can if I can put it directly in. Like, um, you know, and I do, you know, there's a lot of things we could talk about with that, but I think people, you can overdo it. I like doing high dose vitamin C, but it's got to be real vitamin C, not uh, some of the fake ones yeah. that are out there because those are toxic, but because of inflammation, you know, as you get older, you're going to create more inflammation. So we've got to do things to offset that because we, if we can keep the inflammation out of our brain, 
and get off of statins if you're on those because we need fat. And basically that's your protective that's your protection against inflammation. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's also, that's a whole other, we gotta, maybe we gotta have you back to talk about, to talk about that because just inflammation in general and, and how to eat from an anti-inflammatory perspective, but also just to do all of, all of your other pillars of nutritious life to be anti-inflammatory. So you can protect again, not only your body, but your brain. Um, We know. I always recommend too, that people go to the grocery store and get a pH strips and just, Check their saliva and urine at least a couple times a week. If it gets off track, just do a, a week or two of baking soda or something, you know, with water just to bring your pH back. It's a good way to bring your pH back because a lot of people don't realize how bad they are because they've been drinking coffee. That's the only thing they've been drinking or sodas. Mm-hmm. I, I look people go, oh, I drink uh, 12 sodas a day. Oh, yeah. my God. You know, it's- I mean, that is just when I think about that, I just think about that just like uh, working against you, making your brain soft, making your brain mush, forget about your body or don't forget about it. But that's like secondary to me. When I hear that much soda a day, I think your brain is going to be mush. (laughs) So the last question for you is, so you obviously do lots of different things to live an extremely healthy life. I love asking all of my guests this at the end, uh, as we've talked about, you know, nutritious life encompasses many different pillars, sleep, stress, exercise, hydration, loving, all of these things. What do you do? And as we already talked about also, all these pillars work together physiologically, behaviorally. What is the one thing that you do to sort of set this good cycle in motion? Well, I believe win the morning, win the day. So I love morning myself. No matter what time I go to sleep, I always get up. Me too. Six o'clock, and I. Love, I've always been a morning person. Yes, yeah, that's me, and I love to get up and just have that time to do my meditation. I was trained by Yogi Bhajan, and and I'm trained in TM, so I still do those meditations. So mm-hmm. I, I never forget what I do, but I always add things. So I get up early and earlier. And I used to. A lot of people don't know why you get up so early, but in ancient traditions, like. Uh, if you had a mental problem back in 10,000 years ago and you were in India, they would tell you to get up two hours before sunrise. Hmm. And what they didn't know, or they did know somehow, we don't know, is that there's more infrared light hitting the planet two hours before sunrise than any other time of the day. Wow. So wow. they're going to do red light therapy. So they were telling people to get out and do that. So when you're up and around and doing those things and you can get outside and you know touch the earth, and I think that just really enjoying my time you know mm-hmm. when i did when i got so busy when i had my old company i i always had time because my clinic you know you're in the clinic all day long you're doing things but when i started brain tap i got away from it for a while and i gained weight and i wasn't i said no i gotta do what i what i know to do you right. know the worst right. thing is when you know something and you don't do it Right. You know what I mean? that's, that's the a lot of people have trouble with that, though. A yeah. lot of people. I mean, that's with nutrition. A lot of people know what to eat and they don't do it. So, you know, helping create better behaviors is just as important as the education. Right. We can all be educated on certain things but we have to learn how to change our behaviors. So but I love that when the morning, when the day I am so with you, I have always been an early bird 
always, always, always. So um, I love that. Thank you so much. So much incredible wisdom. Like I said, my mind is blown from all of this. I, I can't wait to dive in and dive into all of your books, which I'll also put in the show notes because I know um, there's so much great information there and I'm really excited to dive further. So, and we're going to have to have you back and talk more about, you know, inflammation and lots, lots more things. So thank you so, so much for being here today. 